Well, we're continuing our look during this holiday season at different kinds of difficult people and how to handle those people or uh, just how to relate to them. And today I want to talk to you about something that is very real and very old, and that is manipulating and controlling people. Now, in our passage that we read today, we see Herod, and we see Herod manipulating, don't we? We see him, first of all, he's concerned because there's these three wise men around, and they are looking for the new king. And he invites them, and they, in fact, they come to him, don't they, wanting to know where they can find him. And so he consults with his people, and he discovers that it has been prophesied that he is going to be born, that Jesus is going to be born and come into the uh, world, into a certain area. And then the um, wise men take off, and then the, and the, and Herod tells them, whatever you find him, come back here and tell me so I can come worship him too. And there's where the manipulation comes in. He's trying to control them for his own purposes. Because we know that uh, later on, the wise men received a word from God not to go back to Herod, that he didn't mean good. And so they went home another way. And then when Herod found this out, he had all the children three years old and under slaughtered in the area where Jesus was to be born. Well, it shows us a couple of things about Herod, about how controlling he was. He wanted to maintain control of his kingdom. And he wanted to maintain control of his kingdom, even if it went against God's will. His people had uh, looked in the Bible and they had gotten the prophecy from the Bible. He believed the prophecy. He believed the Bible. And yet he wanted what he wanted more than he wanted God's will. And he was willing to battle and fight God in order to keep his kingdom the way he wanted his kingdom to be. Now, that's a controlling and manipulating person in uh, uh, the most uh, large way you can write it. But let's face it, there are a lot of people that are what we call control freaks. Uh, they just want their world to be the way that they want it to be. And they know how it should be and how it ought to be. And if things don't line up the way it should be and ought to be, they freak. I guess that's why they call them control freaks. But anyway, the thing is, is that uh, we all have these people in our families. We all have these people uh, around us at work and in different places that they are just, they're there. Some of them aren't trying to be bad people, aren't trying to be uh, contrary to God's will or anything. But they just, in fact, they, their problem is they just lack faith. Their problem is, is that they think that the whole world rests on their shoulders 
And if they don't do it, it's not going to get done. It's not going to get done the right way. And there are all these different things that go into it. They're very insecure. And so they try to maintain control in order to feel safe. There are those kind of people. And then we have seen that there are other kind of people that will control and manipulate for their own purposes. And uh, these are the people that we are seeing in the news today. You're just writ large, aren't we? My goodness. Uh, anybody that's working for a politician or for a, uh, a movie mogul of some sort, uh, you need to be watch out because you're you you're you're probably going to be a victim or you could be a possibly a victim. But let's face it, there are victims of manipulators all over the place. It's not a new thing. We look back in scripture and we see Jacob being manipulated by Esau. Jacob got Esau to hand over his birthright for a bowl of stew. We see Herod, King Herod here, being manipulated later on by two women into uh, causing John the Baptist to be beheaded. We see Delilah manipulating Samson in the Old Testament. I, I've, I've got to read this one to you. She wanted to know the source of his power. And so then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? And then it says, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. <laughs> in another translation, it says, until he couldn't stand it any longer. And in another way, in the King James Version, it says, and it vexed his soul unto death. She nagged him so much, he was about to die. So uh, she was trying really, really hard, wasn't she? Now, let me ask you, how many of you have someone, it could be a parent, an in-law, children, friends, girlfriend, boyfriend, somebody else, a boss, somebody who would control you if they could. Let's see your hands. Wow, that's great. There's not many, not too many. Well, wait a minute, those hands, let's see those hands again. They went up so slowly. Okay, they, again, they went up slowly. Beep, 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 beep. It's like popcorn going up and down. Okay, all righty. Now, how many of you are afraid to hold up your hands because that person is sitting next to you? Let's No, let's not do that. Oh, okay. A few of those go hands going up. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Anyway, I must tell you, we're laughing now, but as I prepared this sermon, it, it just wrung my heart dry because I grew up with all this stuff going on. I uh, faced it at work in the business world, and I have faced it over and over again in churches. You may not believe it, but sometimes church people can be 
very manipulating people and they try to manipulate the pastor if you can believe such a thing so uh anyway it's just uh one of these things where as i and as i looked back there are some things that were very serious and very deep where people manipulated me into compromising my values and going and starting and doing things that i shouldn't do and i had to break that manipulation and that control in order to be even what God called me to be. And so the things I'm sharing with you today, I'm sharing from my heart and they're out of my own experience. And so, and I share this knowing that some of you, whether you raised your hands or not, and you may not even be aware that you're being manipulated or controlled. And so this may be a painful sermon for you. It is for me to even go through it with you. But in order to deal with manipulating and controlling people, the first thing that we need to do is recognize their major two weapons. And the first one is threats. Listen to this one. If you want to work here, you'll do, you'll do this. A lot of people are coming forward now with that threat having been held over their heads into being forced into compromising their values if they wanted to stay in their job. We've heard that from quite a few people lately. In fact, it's gotten so, so prevalent that I saw this little blurb the other day. This is probably not the year to hang that mistletoe up around the office. Because that's a... Uh, it's just that time and in that environment, isn't it? Another threat. If you don't do this, I'm leaving you. If you don't tell me, I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. I'm not going to stay on the line. I'm going to hang up. If you don't pay more attention to me, I'm taking you out of my will. If you don't do this, you're not getting any of that. And then back whenever you were kids and some of well, the kids are all gone now. I won't play with you anymore if you don't do so and so. It starts young. It starts young. And some of those things that started way back then have set up a pattern for us to be manipulated people. Another tool is guilt. If you love me, you'll do this. After all I've done for you, you won't do this one thing. The silent treatment. My mom was the master of the silent treatment. Three days she would go without speaking to my dad sometime. Wow. Oh, man. The silent treatment. Another, I thought we were close, but obviously I can't count on you. If you don't do this, you're not a good Christian. My dad would make up scripture when he discovered that I believed the Bible when I was a little kid. He would make up scripture. You know what it says in the Bible. If thou don't cleanest thy room, thou wilt go to hell. You know, I mean, he would just make scripture up just to manipulate me. Another one, if you don't meet my needs, I'll just have to find somebody that will. There are all these threats to manipulate people. Now, some of you may be living in a relationship that's defined by the things I just listed or like me have come out of an environment that was. 
many of us in everyday life have people that intentionally or oftentimes and probably more often than not unintentionally try to relate to us by exerting their desires in our life and controlling us. And so I want to share with you today three things that I've discovered that are scripturally based on how to break the power of manipulation. And it can be painful if you've been in it, especially if you're just now realizing that you have been in it. Coming out of it can be painful. Now, here are the three principles. Number one, recognize when someone is trying to control you. Now, you may think, well, duh. But the thing is, sometimes these things begin subtly and they build and you just don't even know what's going on. Let's look at Jesus and see how he handled a manipulative person. Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and that he must be killed on the third day, must be killed and on the third day uh, raised from the dead. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Now notice what happened. First of all, Peter took Jesus aside. He didn't address him in front of everybody else. Manipulators have a harder time controlling people in public than they do in private. And so uh, it's a common thing for them to try to get you off by yourself to control or manipulate you. So he took Jesus aside. Now, some manipulators are predators. They look for those that they can uh, manipulate or control for their own purposes. And their actions are calculated. And then there are some who do it unintentionally, as I said earlier. It's just the way that they roll. It's just the way they are. It's how they relate and handle their lives. It's actually something that's probably been uh, ingrained in them since childhood as a way to live and relate to other people. Peter didn't mean any harm. He just wanted his plans for Jesus' life instead of God's plans for Jesus' life. Can you see? It's odd. There's a similarity here between Herod and the wise men and Jesus and Peter. Herod, evil guy that he was, was manipulating for his own ends. Peter, good guy that he is, is ultimately battling God to make things be the way that he wants them to be. Can you see that? And, and, and Peter is a good guy. He really is. But he finds himself battling God and trying to pull Jesus away from God's will. And some of the most well-intentioned of us can wind up doing that same thing. Sad to say. Now, uh, how do you know? So if it's hard to tell, how do you know when you're being manipulated? Well, here are some of the things. When you can't say no to a certain person, even if it's not right or not good for you, and even if it causes you to have to compromise your values, 
This is especially true in the area of sex and drugs. There are people who will try to pull you into these things and you may have a hard time saying no to these people. You always feel guilty in some connection with that person. You feel ultimately responsible for these people. Uh, you compromise your values in order to please other people. Uh, the place you start is by recognizing it. And then next, you need to confront the manipulator. And this is where things get tough. You need to confront your manipulator with your words and your actions. Again, let's look at this situation with Jesus and uh, Peter. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. And listen to this. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Have you noticed that he, he turned and said to Peter? Remember, Peter had pulled him aside, which meant they were facing each other, which means that Jesus turned his back on Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Now that is strong. That is strong. His words and his actions were strong. He was forceful. He was not going to allow Peter to control his life because his heavenly father had his life and it was only to him that he would commit his life. Now, you need to understand that what we're, we're not talking about never doing anything for anybody or never doing what somebody else asks you to do. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, because you'll notice Jesus told us, he gives the example of washing, another, the, the, washing the feet of the disciples and saying, tell them if you want to be great in the kingdom, you need to learn to be the servant of all. There's a difference in being a servant in obedience to the Lord and being a doormat to a manipulating, controlling person. And uh, we need to be aware of that. And so what I'm talking about are those cases whenever these people are trying to pull you into things that go against what you know God wants for you, or if you discover that they have pulled you into things that God wants you out of. So the first thing you do is you basically tell them, that this is not going to work on me or this is not going to work on me anymore. And then you call him Satan, right? <laughs> no, I, you may not want to do that, but uh, you've, sometimes I have known of people uh, getting, getting free. There was one woman that I counseled with. Her father molested her for years. And one night he came into her room and she told him, if you touch me again, I'm going to come into your room while you're asleep and cut your throat. Now, those were strong words and those were strong actions. But she had to do that in order to stop his abuse. He had manipulated her into this situation. It was wrong. And she finally realized it was wrong and she had to get out. So it can be forceful and has to be forceful. And uh, if someone uh, else has control of your life, 
like this. And it's something that uh, winds up being something that is going against what you know God wants for you and what's best for you. You need to be able to break free. And you start by just telling them, you're not going to do this to me anymore. And you back it up with your action. Now then, what happens here is if you have been, many times people have been groomed into manipulation and it's kind of a dance and everybody knows the steps to the dance. And so whenever you stop being manipulated and they're still trying to dance, you're going to step on their toes. And it's okay if you step on their toes because you're changing the whole scenario. Things are not going to be the same from this point on. And so uh, you says you, number two is uh, you just tell them, you confront them and you tell them this isn't going to work on me anymore. And if you allow them to continue and you know that they're getting you to do things that God doesn't want you to do, you need to understand that you are involved in idolatry because you're putting that person above God. Goes back into the situation with Peter and with Herod, do you see? So now then, the last step, redefine the relationship. The relationship is going to be different from this point on. Uh, Peter, Peter ultimately wanted control of his life. That's what he wanted more than anything else. And so how did Jesus handle Peter? He told him he was going to fail, and then he let him fail. Wow. And if you look, you can see that that's what Peter wanted more than anything else, was to be able to order his life and to practice self-control. And so when Jesus tells him, you're going to deny me three times. Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, and you're going to deny me three times tonight before the cock crows. Peter's response was, uh, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you'll deny me three times. You'll deny three times that you know me. Well, Peter did. And Peter was a broken man. He realized he had no control over people around him. He had no control over himself. And that's the point that we all have to come to in our lives before we can really live in faith. And it's this broken man that can't even seem to have faith in himself that we see walking along the beach with Jesus later. And Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you, tr do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He says, take care of my sheep. Then listen to what Jesus says. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself. You used to bind yourself up and uh, walk wherever you wished. In the past, Peter, you've been in control. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now, this he said by signifying what kind of death he would glorify God by. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. And then 
In the middle of all this, what does, what does he say? Peter turns around, he saw John following, and he says, uh, Lord, uh, uh, what about him? Lord, what, and, and what about this man? And Jesus said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. That's one thing we can do. If we can't do anything else, we can follow Jesus. If you've been, con been controlled and manipulated, you need to stop being controlled and manipulated. And instead, you need to be able to voice just like the Apostle Paul did. Obviously, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I'm trying to please God. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. So whether you have been controlled and manipulated and need to uh, get out and break that cycle, that's one thing. Whether you have been one of those that's controlling and manipulating, that's another. The thing is, whether you're the manipulator or the one being manipulated, we need to all have our hearts turned toward Jesus and be allowing him to be the one who controls our lives. Now, those of you who are control freaks, this doesn't mean you're a bad person. What it means is you're driven by fear. You've placed your faith and your ability, uh, you've placed your faith in your ability, your ability to control things. In reality, that's the worst place you can put your faith. Peter would attest to that. And so instead, where you need to put your faith is in the one who made you, created you, and is ordering this world even today when it looks like it's in chaos. You need to quit trying to keep the world a whole weight on your shoulders and let God be God and you be his servant when we come to communion this morning, I invite you, if you have been either trying to control the world yourself and control people yourself, or if you've been trying to uh, con or been, been controlled by others, I invite you all, as you receive the elements this morning and remember what Jesus did for you on the cross, remember, he breaks the power of canceled sin he sets the prisoner free. You don't have to be bound by fear. You don't have to be bound by other people. In Jesus' name, amen.